Boom. All right, guys. What is happening? Scott Hills here with you today, coming with you at with the first podcast. And I am so amped for this. I don't care if I don't have a guest right now. I'm so amped for this, dude. So, so amped for this. I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while, and I just looked, and the podcast I did with like Mikey and Luca and all them, I just doing tremendous. But one thing I do realize what I need to do, uh, and I can take into account of this because of my other video is I need to keep the headphones on so I can monitor my my mouth. Because I used to like scream like this and it would just peak all the time, especially with my cloud filter. Um, so yeah, the audio should progressively get better as I learn things, um, learn what to do, learn what not to do. Anyway, yeah, so I'm back in St. Louis. I've been here for close to two months and it's been an interesting experience to say the least. I think most of us can agree that this quarantine is weird, right? This quarantine is so weird. No one's really seen, no living person has really seen anything like this. Um, maybe if you're like a hundred and remember the Spanish flu, my great, great grandfather and grand, great, great grandmother both died in the Spanish flu. I don't know, maybe they're visiting Spain or something or Mexico. I don't know. I actually hear that the Spanish flu was actually caused by like Europeans or something, but because of the, the Spanish-American War, the Americans just blamed it on the Spanish, even though the Europeans came and actually infected them. I'm not exactly sure if that's true or not, but we're living in strange times right now. I honestly don't even know what more I could even say about it other than the fact of I hope what you guys are doing during this quarantine is positive. I see a lot of people going cuckoo, big time cuckoo. Like I see... I'm sure a lot of you can agree with this. Uh, if, you, if you just drive around, I mean, not even just drive around. If you look on Facebook, if you look on YouTube, if you look at these comments, man, oh my God, who do you believe? Who the hell are we supposed to believe here? Uh, the people who are for the quarantine, who have the the data and the, the citations to back up their claims, or the people against the quarantine who also have the data and also have have the the citations to back up their claims. Both are from coming from reputable sources. I don't know, man. It's very strange. It's very strange. We have the internet now, so with the internet nowadays, I mean, there's so much good and so much bad. It's like you can really with, with the internet, you can take pretty much anything, and you can somehow piece together the evidence to prove your theory. And it's very strange, but I guess one thing that I'll mention is one thing that I've really done during these past two months um, is a lot of soul searching, a lot of things of what I actually want to do in life. Because when something like this happens, man, it really shows you what's really important out there, what's important in your life, what's not important. Uh, I forget who said it on what podcast. Oh, Joey Diaz. My favorite podcast is Joey Diaz. If you don't already watch him, go listen to him. But he goes, there's nothing more. <clears throat> yeah, man. There's nothing more incredible than finding out the stuff you don't need. Finding out about the stuff you just don't need. And it's true. It's definitely true. There, I always tell the story about how, like, as embarrassing as it is to say, I hadn't bought groceries from about August, this August until March when I came back here. So every single meal I was eating out, no joke, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I was just going out and eating out, which it was great. That was like a lifestyle I always wanted because we didn't go out to eat too much as a kid. I and I was I always imagined in my head, I'm like, I wonder, wonder if one day I can just like 
eat out every single day for every single meal and just choose whatever I want. Don't have to worry about the cooking or anything. And that's what I did. And then the quarantine happened. And for those of you who are new to this channel, I was living in my one of my dream homes. Like I finally made it to the hills of Hollywood, the Hollywood Hills home with my with just the best people, Sebas, Mikey and Fez. And we were just living it up, just some kids in the hills in this $4.5 million house. And then the quarantine came out of nowhere. And then the fear just started coming. I wasn't that I wouldn't necessarily say I was fearful, but I was just taking the necessary precautions. I realized that staying risked way more than just me leaving. So I just chose to leave. Whatever. I'm just gonna lose the last month and a half on this house that we paid way too much for, in my opinion. We were paying so much. For what I was paying for just my room in that house, I can get like a five-bedroom mansion to myself here in St. Louis. But yeah, so I came back and I looked. I'm like, all right, I need to get groceries. I'm not really used to this. And as weird as that as weird as that sounds, because I've been so distant from buying groceries for such a long time. And I went and I spent like four or five hundred dollars and I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy fuck, it's like I've spent I spent more money than this on one dinner in New York City or, or L.A. or whatever. I was spending, guys, as embarrassing as it is, I'm not trying to take pride in anything I'm saying right now, just to be clear. But I, last year, spent 25000 on food, I think. And then this year, living in L.A., January, I was already at $6,200 in food just for January. And so that was a huge wake-up call. It's like... Like Joey Diaz said, there's nothing better than finding out what you don't need. I don't need to eat out every single day. What am I doing? Not only is that potentially more unhealthy for me, but it's so much money I'm just wasting on food. And that really showed me the value of a dollar. And that's what I'm really grateful for discovering. Like right before this quarantine happened, that's when I started um, realizing I lost it because I knew the value of a dollar my entire life. And then... A week, no, a couple days before I left LA, I bought a two pack of Burt's Bees and I, I popped, I popped open the package, right? And one went under the table and the other one was in my hand. And I remember sitting there thinking like, well, I mean, I, I guess I'll just buy another one once this runs out. Cause I wouldn't go down under the table to get it. And I'm like, that is so far distant from who I actually am. Like at my core, man. And then this all happened, and then I realized, holy shit, it's like, before this, I was spending 10000 over, no, 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 with the food, I was spending about $12,000 a month, like, reoccurring, that's how much money I was fucking spending between the house in LA, the, that corner unit in Clayton, Missouri, I had two places, uh, the food, and just generally just doing whatever I want every single day, I was spending so much money, and now I'm back here, I was kind of forced into quarantine, like, Personally, I wouldn't have chosen this place to live if I knew I was coming back from St. Louis because this was supposed to be my backup place. But I'm super grateful for being here. Super, super grateful. I mean, this is this two bedroom apartment's nine fifty a month. When at my other two bedroom I was staying at in Clayton before this, it was like three thousand a month, and that was on top of the six thousand I was paying in LA, and then plus utilities at both places. So. Yeah, I was definitely definitely going a little crazy, but luckily I'm not stupid. Like, I'm not stupid. I was just really, really, really enjoying having places to live because, you know, I'd rather not get too big into it, but I was always really embarrassed of where I grew up. 
Um, so I, I remember thinking all as, even at six years old, I always thought like, man, it'd be sick to have a house that I could have like friends over to all the time. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I'd rather not even get into the details of that, honestly. But if you guys want to understand my mind and why I spend so much on lit Airbnbs, why I spend so much on just places to stay so much money on rent, like from the outside looking in, it looks like, oh, he's wasting so much money on rent. But my inside looking out, that's all I wanted as a kid. It all goes back to my childhood. That's all I wanted. Just a super sick house I could be proud of. Just a nice clean house. And I finally got two places I couldn't even dream of living in. And they were at the same time. And for those of you who want to know the timeline of what happened was, again, this the, the Roni Rona came pretty much out of nowhere. So I came back here in early February to sign this place because that lease, my St. Louis place that I was paying 3000 a month for, I felt there was no reason for me to pay that when I'm living in L.A. So I signed this place as my backup place um, in early February. And then late February, I came back. I moved out of my place, moved back in. I uh, moved all my stuff into here, shot right back to L.A. Week and a half later, oh, shit, here comes this virus. Boom, I just moved back, no questions asked. So that's where, I'm, that's where I am now. It's really cool because I'm close to my family and everything. Again, it just shows you the importance of everything. Like family is really important. All these things that we're kind of, we were kind of blind to and taken for granted now. Now we really understand now, really understand. My brother was living in Brooklyn. He flew home, and he's living at our lake house. Uh, my brother in Atlanta, he saw Atlanta going crazy. So he went to the lake house. They're both down there. And then my other brother is in Peoria. He might, if, if that plant gets closed that he works for, he might go there too. So bringing the family together, that's what it's all about. But uh, during the quarantine, you can do a lot of things. I see a lot of people, you know, all they're doing is fucking drinking all day and sticking a finger up their ass and... You know, as fun as that sounds, it's, this is an unprecedented time that you can either take into a positive light or a negative light. And I'm choosing positive. Dude, I'm so hyped up. There's been ups and downs for sure. Because, like, especially between selling my car and coming right here. And for those of you who don't know, I sold the car just because I bought it in cash like an idiot a year ago for, like, 80000 And I just want as much money as possible for security purposes as well as investing purposes. But... You know, just looking back, I probably could have, I didn't know what margin investing is, and I could have easily just done margin on a, on another 50K or whatever. But it's pretty cool because I've never been wealthier in my entire life until right now. And I've never had smaller expenses in my entire professional e-commerce life until right now. So the amount of money I'm saving opposed to the amount of money I'm making is pretty crazy, pretty crazy distance. Um... But yeah, guys, the way these solo podcasts are going to work, I'm actually, I have a bunch of uh, people I'm going to get on in St. Louis, but I definitely like doing these solo podcasts because I kind of was flirting with it with my channel. But recently I discovered, you know, I pr this studio is going to be dedicated specifically for this podcast. I don't want to merge. I don't want to ha use the same studio I'm using for my podcast, uh, the same studio that I'm using for the channel. I just don't like that at all. Um, but yeah, guys, that's where it's all about. It's all about just working on yourself during all this. 
me personally, I'm starting to form a schedule for the first time in my life. I'm very, I was very against schedules because I was very against authority or not necessarily authority, but I, I'm just very against anyone telling me what to do ever, ever. And that's why I worked so hard to get to the point where no one's told me what to do in two years. Like who's going to tell me what to do? It feels great for anybody out there in that similar position who own their own business or something. Try and tell me what to do. I dare you. Try and tell me what to do. But yeah, but yeah, it's, um, I grew up in St. Louis my entire life. It gets a bad rep because we're the most dangerous city in the nation right now, but that's the city. I live outside in the county, two very different beasts that you're dealing with right there. And growing up, I, I grew up with three brothers, all older than me and heavily involved in sports. It was crazy. I, th for, I remember, I believe in kindergarten, I led the league with like 33 home runs, if I'm remembering correctly. So I was like a pretty big baseball prospect going, growing up. Uh, my mom said that when I was in kindergarten and first grade, she already had high school coaches coming after her and even some college coaches saying, if you move into our district, I can guarantee you that boy makes it in the MLB. But unfortunately, um, when I was offered to play private, because I was only paying, I was only playing for my school, I was offered to play private in like the second grade, and I was—I'm not gonna lie—I was one of the best baseball players in the world. But my parents decided they didn't want to do that because it's a lot of traveling, and that would be less time at the lake. At least that's what my dad says. So I ended up not really pursuing that. I still played baseball my entire life, but I always look back at that moment. I'm like, I think that was the moment that I could have, like, without a doubt, unless I got injured, easily became a professional MLB player just because of how far ahead I was of every kid at kindergarten. My dad actually tells me this story because I was playing with my older brothers, of course, since I was two. Since I could walk, we were playing baseball in my backyard. So the first day of kindergarten baseball, my dad goes up to the coach, Mr. Kemper, Coach Kemper, and he's like, hey, listen, man, uh, be careful with this kid because he'll knock you on your ass. So just watch out. And my dad was like, yeah, he uh, he was just like, yeah, 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 for sure. Because like, I'm sure a bunch of parents said that. And then he said the first pitch that he threw to me, I don't remember this really. I, I, I barely remember this. Like I have a small like photographic memory of this happening. But the first pitch he throws to me, because, you know, back in kindergarten, they get on your their knees and they throw the ball up man i just fucking smacked it so hard right at his face and apparently like hit him in the head and like knocked him unconscious for like a little bit and he's like yeah you know i told you i really told you and then i i remember um a, a month after that in some practice his son jack was on first base and i hit it so hard i actually uh, damaged his eye i think it took a couple of years i think still his eyes damaged to this day of how hard I hit that ball into his eye socket. Man, man, those were the days. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, from there, around third, third grade is when I pretty much made the transition from baseball to skateboarding. And I never stopped playing baseball. I played baseball all through until my senior year of high school where I had to get the surgery uh, that I had to pay for, but I can get into that later. Um, but... I, I made this transition into skateboarding in the third grade. I started watching Viva La Bam, CKY. My uh, brother Dan, he started skateboarding. And um, 
Yeah. So I became the skater kid. I started putting on weight. I was like, man, I think in the second grade, I was like 120 or 150. I was a pretty big kid in the sec- uh, third grade, I mean, because that's when I started putting on the weight. Third and fourth grade. I, I, oh, yeah, third grade, I was 120. Fourth grade is when it got bad. I was like 150, but I was skateboarding all the time, you know? So it kind of, it didn't really even out, obviously, but. That is when I started YouTube. For those of you who don't know, I've been on YouTube since 2008. This is, I'm not some new guy on YouTube. I've been trying, trying, trying for a long time. And that was my dream growing up. My brother, my oldest brother always was making films. And then my second, third oldest brother was always making uh, skateboarding films. So unfortunately, I went to a school where there wasn't anybody skateboarding. I convinced my friend Johnny at the time, he was my best friend, to skateboard with me. But he really wasn't into it. And you know I wouldn't say I got made fun of for skateboarding, but I was definitely looked at as the outcast and some comments were made just for me skateboarding because, you know, my parents sent me to this private school, which I hated so much. I was petitioning from the time of second grade, third grade, actually, when I started skateboarding. I'm like, just send me to public. I love public. I don't want to dress up in these stupid uniforms. Looking back, I guess it did give me a good foundation of values and morals and whatever. But at the time, it's like, man, I can only skateboard with my brother or this kid Johnny sometimes, but most of the time I'm skateboarding by myself. And that's how it went on. As far as I, if, as far as I can remember, I, I didn't really, if my brother wasn't home or anything, I was a skateboarding by myself. So that's where I kind of, um, you know, became more solo, more of a solo guy. And then fifth grade, we started making videos. We really started making videos. I found a good group of friends. We started making a lot of videos, but they, when we really started making videos was when we well, could drive freshman year of high school. That's when we were making so many YouTube videos, man. So many YouTube videos. And I remember it was weird. It was like, I was going, it, they sent me to the stupid private school. It was an all guys school. I hated it so much. I hated it before I even got there. I hated it even more when I was there. People were just acting so strange to each other. I don't, I don't know if it's the type of people who are going to that school or the fact that there was no females around that made them act like this, but people were acting weird. I was, I, so the way that I, so they had like a, uni, they didn't have a uniform, but they had a dress code. And the dress code had a lot of holes that I decided to start poking around in. So, for example, <laughs> they said that you could wear corduroys and you could wear a button-up collared shirt. That was cool. And then the shoes had to be uh, – it had something to do with the sole. So what I found out was, okay, I'm going to order these bright-ass neon orange uh, extra-tight skinny cords. That fit the that fits the description for sure because it just said corduroy. So I'm walking around. Everybody's in like khakis, and not many people are in cords, but most people are in khakis and a collared shirt. I'm walking around in bright orange, super tight, skinny corduroys with this. Uh, it was like a red, blue, and purple pl- uh, plaid flannel, uh, but it was buttoned up, and it, it could it, it was cool. Because growing up my entire life, I just hated rules. And I'm sure a lot of people out there can relate to that. I hated rules, guys. I hated it so much. And anytime someone tried to give me a rule, I would do my best to break them. So, you know, eventually after writing about eight or nine essays to my parents two weeks before my sophomore year, they're like, all right. My mom was like, all right, you know, you can go to public school. We're going to let you. Boom, dude. 
that saved my life. That saved my life because up until that point, I had never really been taught how to be sociable, especially sociable with females. I didn't even know how to talk to one, guys. So my fr- freshman year, I, I, I didn't even kiss a girl, honestly, until f- sophomore year. That's how, like, sheltered I was, you know, especially. And then I recognized, you know, going to this private high school, people are acting weird. But I actually, I think I really need to be exposed to the real world, not these f- fruity fucking, I don't even know how to describe them. And, you know, I just did not like too many people there. So it was weird. It was like two days before we go on this trip. And it was like a week and a half before school started. So I'm like, I was the happiest person in my entire life, guys. The happiest. I finally made it to public school. And that changed my life. Like, I started being exposed to different types of lives. I've started being basically forced to, like, talk to girls, which made it so much simpler. Nobody taught me. Nobody taught me how to talk to girls in my entire life. Um, we just never even talked about girls, actually, ever. Even when I was in high school. Even, even to this day, not really. And so I, I I really taught myself most things in life. Like, I know you guys know I, I taught myself in drop shipping. Well, now you understand why I had the mentality to teach myself. Because, look, I taught myself everything in life up until that point. And so I think that was super beneficial And it taught me a lot about, you can actually, that was like my first taste of, you can actually get what you want, like if you try hard enough, because I tried from the third grade until high school to get my parents to send me to public, which is so weird, because we didn't grow up rich. We were not, like, I've made, like, I'm not even getting to the numbers, no reason to. Let's just say I didn't grow up rich at all, but my parents were spending this type of money, and I... I don't know. I think there was some issues between us because my other three brothers, two of them got full rides basically. And uh, same with uh, college. They got full rides to college. Then my other brother got basically a full ride and basically a full ride to college. And then here comes me, you know, um, I think I got one $1,000 scholarship um, and they were paying full price. So I'm like, you know, I was telling them I'm super depressed. Like every day, this is when I was 14 I'm like, I go to school every day. I'm depressed as hell at school. I don't like any of the kids. I come home and I'm obviously depressed here. They know they they knew the issues I had with the house. And I was just telling them how sad I was. And I don't know if they ever believed it, but eventually they must have because they let me go to public. And then, man, my first three weeks, no, my first month and a half, my first three months at public school. That was probably the most insane time of my entire life. The most craziest shit happened. I Maybe I'll get into it on a podcast, but that alone, what happened in those first three months, that's an entire podcast on its own. So be sure to stay tuned for that because that I went through, I went through things that nobody should go through. And to this day, I still can't even believe it happened. I still can't even believe how crazy, like, that was when I discovered how crazy people can be, how literally insane, not even kids, but like adults can be. That's when I discovered it when I went to public school. But it is weird. Like I know I was just planning on really talking about, um, you know, my time back in St. Louis, but it seems like this podcast is kind of turning into my time in St. Louis. You, you guys are getting the scoop of my life. Um, so I'll just continue it like that. So sophomore year comes, whatever. 
uh, one of the best years of my life, I'd say. I made so many awesome friends at my high school. I was finally making really good friends. I loved so everybody. There was awesome, man. Not everybody. There definitely were some fucking dicks. I, maybe I should get into that in another podcast, but there were some just assholes um, who didn't like me for no reason, and they did some strange shit, but I didn't, I didn't get, like, physically bullied ever just to set that up. Um, it was just... Um, it was weird, actually, because I'll talk about it right now, actually, um, because it makes the most sense. So sophomore year, near the uh, second semester of sophomore year, something comes out called Instagram. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is kind of like because the summer before I had gained a lot of traction on GIF Boom. That was the first time I ever got, you know, quote unquote, clout on any uh, social media app because I figured out it's all about the for you page. Um, well, you guys, if you guys don't know what GIF Boom is, GIF Boom was Vine with no audio, and so I was going by the alias Efron is my cousin because you know I'm trying to play the algorithms like Efron is my cousin. Oh, is this Efron's cousin? And then people are commenting, boosting me up, even back then. So I think I scaled that to like twenty thousand followers, and this is around the same time that Instagram came out. So I made Efron is my cousin Instagram. And I started posting selfies and oh my God, like guys, again, this is right when Instagram came out. It's probably been out a couple months. I'm getting like two, three, 400 likes a photo with like 50 to a hundred comments and it's all girls. And I'm like, whoa, like my friends, the, the, the quote unquote popular kids in my school were getting like 30 likes a photo and not that it matters too much, but that was a eye opening experience from the beginning. And I was into a lot of stuff. I, I, I remember, um, no, 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 this hadn't happened yet. Okay. So I'm blowing up on GIF Boom. I got thousands of followers on Instagram when all my friends have like a couple hundred maybe. And I'm like, damn, I can actually do this. Well, then in came these kids. Um, one, one name was like Brian. Another guy's name was um, Adam or something. I don't know. I honestly forget their fucking names by this point. But they started hating heavily on me. Even what was super weird was I started doing the second, um, what's it called? Second um, semester, right? So I started doing the second semester and second semester I started sitting with all these kids and there was this kid, um, fuck, I don't even know his name. His last name is like Burger or something. And I was friends with him and we rode the school bus every day, right? And then there was this other kid, Evan, who you can get this guy to do anything. He's the most influential person ever. I was friends with these two people, right? So that's why I started sitting at this lunch table with them. And I'm sitting with the lunch table every single day while I'm blowing up on these social medias and nobody really knew what to make of that. I, I didn't even know what to make of that. It's like, I didn't see a future on Instagram. Are you kidding me? I thought it was just cool to get likes and stuff. And so all of a sudden, my my house start got TP'd. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then a couple, the next day, my house got TP'd. I'm like, two times in a row, that's very strange. Next weekend, house gets TP'd again. I'm like, this is three times, this is crazy. And then I slowly find out that it's the people I'm sitting with who, who are like putting on a smiling face every single day. These people are the ones who are doing this. So we call the cops or whatever, because at, at some point it's just stupid. So they ended up TPing me like five or six times, and obviously I stopped sitting with them. But you know what's really interesting about that? That Burger Kid, um, that Burger Kid, and that Evan Kid, they all of a sudden weren't my friends anymore because it wasn't cool to be my friends anymore. And you know, me 
I would never do something like that. And so that's when I started realizing, okay, so this is what I need to watch out for. This is the qualities I need to look out for. Da, 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 da. I mean, it just helped me later in life. I could care less. Those, I mean, those, trust me, those kids are not doing well anymore. Like, especially the Brian kid or Alex. Yeah, that's right. His name was Alex. I was one of them. I think one, another one was like Jack. But it was very strange that I, what's even stranger th- then the fact that they were doing that to me while I was in high school is what's even stranger is that I gave it up because they were doing that to me. Guys, do you know if I would have been consistent with that from the start, I would probably be one of the biggest influencers in the world right now if I would have just kept that up. Maybe not, especially under the name Efron is my cousin. Looking back, I, I didn't want I wouldn't would wouldn't have wanted to have been known for that because that's just a, a shaky foundation since I'm obviously not his cousin. Um, but it was a good way to get clout. Yeah. So anyway, there from there comes the summer. And that summer, okay, I'll get into this. This is how, this is the reason I unfortunately had to basically give up. I had to sacrifice the last two years of my high school um, just because I needed to get this surgery I had these two huge tumor-like things. They were gross under under your breasts, under your chest, I mean. <laughs> they are these two huge growths, massive. Like, they were about the size of golf balls. So they would jut out of my chest, and I started noticing that they started forming around when I was like 12, 13, and then they got bigger and bigger, and they just never went away. So after that... Um, you know, we're making tons of YouTube videos. I'm blowing up on Instagram, all this. So I kind of let those kids get in my head. And then I realized, you know, maybe it's time to get a job. And I'm 16 at, at the time, so I can now get a job. And pro tip for anybody who's wanting to get a job out there. If I ever hear, if I ever see someone fucking saying, oh, there's no jobs on the marketplace. Ugh. Obviously, you didn't go on Craigslist jobs. No, there's just no jobs you want in the marketplace. Go get a job. Man, don't get me, don't even get me started on that because anybody I believe anybody can get a job anytime they want. It's just a lot of people don't want to get a job right now. They want a job they actually want to work when that's not the case all the time. Anyway, every job I've ever gotten in Beverly Hills and here in St. Louis, everywhere I got on Craigslist because if they're desperate enough to post on Craigslist, chances are they're desperate enough to hire you with no experience. So I applied for this job all in the hopes of I really wanted to get this surgery because it was a big issue with me self-consciously. It's weird talking about because I haven't even thought about it in years and it used to be the only thing I thought about. But, you know, it would always poke out. Like these things in my chest would poke out. And, you know, sometimes people would make comments about it. And, you know, I know they, I'm all, I'm all about intention. If, 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 the, if the intention is good, I'm fine with it, even if it offends me. But if the intention is bad, then we got another issue. So, uh, 16, I apply for a job. It says you need three month experience. I'm like, whatever, I'll still apply. So I applied, the owner reached out to me and he's like, yeah, I'd love for you to come in for an interview. I'm like, awesome. Like this is a very high class. This is one of the best uh, restaurants in St. Louis. So I can't believe this is happening. And so he sits me down and he's like, all right, Scott. So you said you had experience in busing. I go, yes, sir. I did. And he goes, what kind of experience do you have? I go, well, when I was a Cub Scout, I, we used to bus these, um, we used to bus 
like a couple times for this, uh, you know, fundraiser we had with chicken. And he just sat there quiet for a while. He's like, okay. Um, all right. So we're going to start you off on five days a week. And then if you can prove yourself, we'll, you know, in six months, I'll give you a raise and maybe even more days. I'm like, fuck yeah, I can't believe I got this job. So my schedule basically from 16 to 18, every, I missed, I missed basically every football game. I didn't go to any football games, even though I was going to them all the time in sophomore year. I was even, I was even going to uh, my public high school's football team games when I was going to a private school. I didn't go to the, to the private school games. Are you kidding me? Kidding me? I didn't want to be around those kids and I didn't care if they won. I, I'd rather have them lose. But like, for example, when, when I was going to that private school and they were playing that public school I wanted to go, I sat on the public school side. I could give a fuck what anybody thought of me. I'm being true to myself. I'm not going to support a team just because my classmates are supporting it. But anyway, those like the public school Friday night lights were some of the best nights of my life, but I had to give it all up when I was 16 through 18. Even the YouTube, I couldn't like, how am I supposed to make YouTube videos when I'm always working five days a week after school? And it was all to get this surgery, all to get this surgery. So after two years, I finally saved up enough money. I had so like six, it, the surgery was $7,000 and I had to get it in New York. So I, you know, I finally saved up enough two years after working so much, sacrificing my high school life, social life, everything for this. Um, and I got it, you know for some reason, like, I understand the concern of my parents. Like, hopefully my, like, I was threatened to get kicked out of the house if I went and got this surgery, even though, you know, I was saying how depressing it's making me. But again, this is just something that I, this is just another time where I realize it's, I don't, if I want anything in life, it's going to be me. Like, I'm going to be the one to get it. I cannot wait for handouts. I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a loan right now, or I would have gotten a loan a while ago. Why would I not get a loan and just pay it off? And I could have the surgery like that. But at this point in my life, I, I just didn't know this. My parents taught me well, my parents raised me really well. And if you want something, you, you work for it and you buy it. You don't put it on a credit card. They, that's why I'm saying like, they taught me to buy cars in cash, but they were buying four or $5,000 cars. They weren't buying 80,000. So some of the principles don't cross over when you get to that level. But yeah, guys, um, eventually it was time to get it. And I was really worried that when I got the surgery, I would come back and I wouldn't have a home to stay in. And I remember I was even thinking about just going off to New York uh, with my girlfriend at the time because her parents actually offered to use their points to fly us out there and pay for our hotel, which was awesome. It was absolutely amazing that they did that to us. I'm still grateful for it today because it would have been in about another maybe year. And I, this was right before college. So when I went to college, I spent so much money. I may have never gotten this surgery if it wasn't for them. So huge shout out to them. But that's what I was worried about. And so I had this plan where I was just going to shoot down to New York without telling them, leave them a note and be like, listen, if you don't want me back, I'll move out. Um, but I'm, I'm getting this surgery. I don't care about going to college. If, if you're not, if you won't let me go to college, I don't care. Like this surgery is the most important thing to me right now. And so I did it, flew out to New York and get this. This is the craziest part about this thing. So since I was so strapped for money, I was, I was reviewing it was, so the surgery was $7,000, but 
but it was $500 to go under. I'm like, I'm not going to spend $500 to go under when I can just do it awake, you know, save 500, 500 bucks. I did that surgery awake guys. Oh my God. So yeah, they numb me up with shots and stuff on both of my sides, but I'm laying there awake and I can feel this guy cutting into my numbed skin. He's cutting into my numb skin. He has this huge liposuction um, rod because he had to pull some of the fat out in order to get to the growth. And it, oh, this is, how, this is how, what it felt like. I don't know if this is what was happening, but it felt like he was going like under my breastbone with this long rod and sucking it from the other side of my chest. I'm pretty sure he was actually just cutting uh, up under the nipple and then going through there. But I remember at one point, so the skin's numb, the, your, your fat and everything's numb, but your bone isn't. This guy scraped my bone with this long steel knife. I mean, a uh, long steel rod. Oh, and I, I felt like it was a vibrating crunch <laughs> when that rod scraped against my breastbone. And I was like, oh, shit. I didn't know if I could do it. And I was really regretting not going under. But to be clear, I didn't go under to save the money. And I also don't like veins, like anything with veins. I can't do it. If if I'm being forced to give blood, you know, I'll always find a way to get out of it because I'm very uncomfortable when it comes to veins for some reason. And so eventually they did the surgery and we had to stay in New York for four days because there had, had to be a four day checkup. So he just wrapped me in gauze real tight. And he's like, whatever you do, don't walk anywhere or try to limit your walking because it's going to pull down the scars and it might take longer to heal or might cause some permanent damage. So I remember, um, this is just a side story, but I'll never forget this. I was with my girlfriend there and two days into the four days we had to be there. She started like wanting me to go to the mall with her. And I'm like, no, the doctor said I can't walk. She's like, come on. Like, and she started, and I remember at one point I was just sitting there by myself in so much pain, just watching this movie. And she's just in the bedroom by herself. And all of a sudden I'm looking through Twitter and I see her tweet. Like it said, um, um, this New York trip isn't turning out to what I thought it would be, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, bitch, are you kidding me? I'm sitting here bleeding, like, out of my chest. You And the doctor says, don't walk, and you're complaining that I won't go with you to the fuck. Oh, God. Damn, it's so weird looking back on these memories, man. That is so weird. But, yeah, you know, I got the surgery. Everything went well. And, guys, I'll tell you what. After that, a huge surge of confidence came in me. A, a, a side of myself I had never seen. I'd always been an insecure kid, not too much confidence. I didn't really have much to be confident about. And then all of a sudden, I got rid of the thing that caused me to be the most subconscious about myself. And man, did that transform me. Even my, even my parents, especially my mom, said, Scott, I'm glad you got that surgery because I can see how, how much of a person you changed out to be. Like how how much confidence you got, like how I can see that it changed who you are for the better. And man, that was the best summer in my entire life. And further note, I had been bulking up until that point. So I was pretty hefty, uh, but I had these huge arms. I had this huge chest. I was just massive. I was 191. And I remember, I just remember thinking like, man, I can't cut this because if you cut, while you have those growths, they just stick out even further, especially if you're doing chest a lot, you're pushing it out with, with with actual less fat and you know, they're not going anywhere. So I couldn't cut. I remember I got the surgery. I couldn't work out for, oh man, I think it was like six weeks, but right at six weeks, man, 
right at six weeks, I started working out heavily. In a month and a half, I went from 191 to 160. And now I'm actually the most fit in my entire life. I have a body I can be proud of. My mentality, I'm out of high school. I'm going into college. Um, you know, parties left and right because this is the your graduation year. So there's senior parties everywhere. Having the best times of my life. I'd never really gotten into like, you know, the drinking and the partying until that summer. And man, was it a blast just making so many friends that I just never could make in high school because I was working all the time. Um, but yeah, that was the best time of my entire life, easily. And then that bled into college. I was a different fucking person in college. I was so changed between the surgery and the weight loss and just the overall, like, I was, I was confident I can do anything. I, I would just walk around all the time, this college with 50,000, I went to Mizzou, 40, 50,000 people in attendance. You know, I'm just walking around with my shirt off. I remember the first night I was there, I took a naked photo with a with a with a fake tiger and posted it on the Facebook group with like all my that's how crazy of a difference this made. Man, if 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 you ever have something like that in your life, trust me, do whatever it takes to get rid of it because it will change your life. That I'll never forget that, man. I'll never forget how it, it was like I was experiencing a world that I was so unfamiliar with. Up until that point, I would only wear shirts with a huge graphic design on it. So it would like cover up the bumps. Um, compre I'd wear a lot of compression shirts to cover up the bumps. And when it came summertime, you know, I wouldn't, I literally, I remember being in eighth grade and I didn't go to anyone's pool party really because I didn't want to be made fun of for the bumps. And so it's like, now I don't have those anymore. I'm walking around with my shirt off 24 seven. Who's with me? You know, like they didn't even matter where I was. I had so much confidence, guys, that maybe I can pull it up right now. I'm going to try to find it. I had so much confidence that I was literally hopping. Like, I had so much confidence that pe some people weren't liking me. But now, instead of people not liking me because of my presence online or something like that, and they were just poking fun at me for doing stuff, they like, people didn't like me because I was just very confident, which I'll take that any day. Maybe I can find it somewhere. So I, I got my laptop on my right for those of you just listening. But for those of you on YouTube, um, what I'm basically going to try to do is I'm going to try to keep, um, I'm going to do a screen record of anything that I'm showing and I'm going to put it on the YouTube just for you guys to uh, to know. Okay, so actually I have the photo right here. Um, yeah, I have the photo right here. I'm just going to go ahead and screen record it. Or actually, you know what? I don't even need to screen record this. I'm just going to put it up right here. So yeah, these are, this is what was taken out of my body right here or right here, whichever way. This is what was taken out of my body. The thing in the yellow pan, that's all the fat. That's literally all the fat he took out to get to them. And then look at that. That was the size of the gross that were in my chest. Look, like, honestly, I don't understand why he wouldn't let me keep them because what I wanted to do is, like, I wanted to deep fry the gross and then eat them like chicken nuggets with some, like, uh, sweet and sour sauce. Man, those would have been good. Extra juicy. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I would never do that. But, yeah, it was no joke. That's what I spent most of my life doing. Uh, not most of my life doing, but a lot of my life concerned about and a good portion of my life working towards. And I fucking got it. So that is... When I discovered you can actually get what this is when I really discovered like getting into high school. Yeah, I just convinced my parents to finally let me go. But this I did this on my own against all adversities. There was even a time where 
my mom like you know subtly said that she want she was going to come up and get me fired from 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 my from my job just because i was getting so close to actually having enough money which again i don't blame her for that at all you know it's kind of weird you know your 17 year old son is about to fly to new york to go to a cosmetic doctor anyway i don't want to get too much into that but gotta say guys that really really changed my life and i it's just so weird to even look at it now unfortunately i can't find this video because i'm on my photos but on my laptop it won't let me filter by video which is really strange but basically what i did was i hopped on top of um like in the middle of a class the teacher wasn't showing up so i just jumped on stage and, and for those of you who are familiar with mizzou i go um we have this thing called m i z and then uh, uh, the crowd will yell z o u and i hopped on the stage actually and just did that oh it actually might be around here yeah i hopped on the stage up there and i just ripped it which like i don't even know if i would do that today that's like a little little bold you know hop on the stage and interrupt everybody's <laughs> interrupt everybody's um class but I was just doing it for club because I actually had this one thing going on called college campus videos. And it was, it was basically like Nelk college campus videos started in, um, you can, you guys can actually look it up. I'll play some for you here for those watching it on video that started in 2014 because, you know, I was going to college. I had this surge of confidence and I was like, you, I'm not going to be another college guy. You know, I wanted to build something that was my own, you know? So I started this thing called College Campus Videos. And this is actually where I started to first discover that you never want to listen to anybody who's never done whatever it is you're trying to do or you're going to end up not doing it just like them. So I decided, you know, I was thinking about what hasn't been done, what new ideas it could bring. And I thought of this idea. I go, you know what? I ride this penny board all the time. So I wonder what would happen if I decided to ride this penny board and jump off of it, face dive into the the student center um, fountain that we had in the middle. And this is what happened. Now, what's really crazy about this is this blew up way quicker than I ever expected. All I was doing was just sending it uh, via text and posting in groups about it. And I started getting recognized for the first time in my entire life. Like, because... Okay, here, I'll just play the video and I'll, I'll, I'll describe what happened after this. Uh, hopefully it plays. It seems like my Wi-Fi might be bad in here. But yeah, so this is, this was my, f my second, this was my third YouTube channel actually at this point. I had gone through three different YouTube channels uh, because I've just been working. One, one channel has like a hundred, no, one channel has 300 videos. Another channel has six another channel has like 10 this channel has like four i think i have another channel somewhere and then of course my main youtube channel that you guys all know me by um scott hilsey that one obviously has the most so it's like i made this point on my live the other day i was like you know i've, I've gone by scott's shots i've gone by efron is my cousin i've gone by this other name i don't want to say because it links to my old youtube account and I've gone by um, Scotty Freedom. And it took me going by Scott Hilsey, my real name, to take off. Authenticity is everything. Okay, guys. So 
This was the first, this was the first action I basically did once getting to college. So here we go. All right. So I used to ride this skateboard everywhere. No one was skateboarding really, but this is my skateboard right here. <laughs> and see, look, I, I hurried it up. Cause look, there's two tour groups. There's two tour groups right there that, uh, <laughs> Uh, they were, uh, they're obviously getting a tour of the school and what, I, look, they all start clapping right here. <laughs> but look, the thing that happened was I didn't, I didn't account for how shallow it was. I busted the shit out of my, my, uh, my chin. Cause there was these lights at the bottom of, of the thing. And I didn't know how bad I was bleeding right now until I touched. Yeah. Look, I touch it right there. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah, watch this. It's, it's, out, it's out of focus. 2014. Look at this. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Damn, look at this. <laughs> yeah, guys, like, I wouldn't never done that if I didn't take care of what I needed to take care of first. So that's where it went from right there. And then, you know, I would, I would get into all the other videos I did, but I think that's better kept for a whole nother podcast where I can just sit here and look at the old videos I made. I got plenty, plenty to go, but yeah, I guess to summarize my story, uh, I kept going to college and then I started getting distracted by school and other stuff, just the whole college lifestyle. So I didn't pursue that. But what, what I want to clarify why I said that was the first time I realized that I should never listen to anybody who's never done whatever it is I'm trying to do or I'm going to end up not doing it just like them. I was seeing this girl and she was like, um, you know, Scott. Well, no, no. I've seen this girl and this was sophomore year. So this was the next year when I tried to revamp college campus videos because I kind of let it dwindle. I had a 2.0 GPA my freshman year of college. So, you know, I needed, I needed some help. I, 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 I'm going to put the college campus videos on hold, needed some help. So next year comes, uh, I start doing some and the first video takes off. I believe it was called smack, uh, getting smacked by Mizzou girls. I think it has like 6,000 views now, which was insane for me back then with no marketing. Imagine if I knew Facebook ads, holy shit. Just imagine if I knew Facebook ads. Um, so I made this video. I started making another one. They start people. Now people really know who I am. Like they really know who I am. Even the girl that I started seeing was like, yeah, I know who you were. I, I was just pretending. And I remember telling her, at the beginning, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. This was second semester of freshman year. And I remember telling her, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited about these videos. Like, like honestly, if I can make this work, if I can actually get this to take off, I won't even need a degree. I can just do YouTube full time. And I'll never forget what she said. And this was a part of the reason. It was, it's all 100% my fault. I let it dwindle out, but this was the reason I gave myself to let it happen. She goes, Scott, you know, you still need to get a degree, right? It's not like you can make a living off of YouTube. 
It's not like you can make a living off of YouTube. Okay. Ironically enough, the Nelk boys were basically doing the exact same thing that I was doing at the time. I actually think I got a head start on them. I'm not sure. But what the Nelk boys are doing today is exactly what I pictured college campus videos being. Um, but I let that get in my head. I didn't understand that you could. I just assumed you could. But once she brought that up, I'm like, maybe you can't. Maybe I do need a degree. And then I'll never forget. I'll never forget the next year. I'm just not happy at school, really. Um, you know, I was getting old. I was getting old. I, I I remember I met this girl, and it was the first time I, like, really, really liked a girl. And then she ended up ending things with me because she actually just got out of a six-and-a-half-year relationship with a guy. And so I understand that, but that was that really sucked. Um, so I pledged this fraternity, which, looking back, I wish— okay. I don't wish I don't wish to change anything looking back because pledging a fraternity is the reason I basically dropped out uh, or it gave me the reason to. I was just so lost, guys, so lost. And I forget what happened with the rent, but I kind of told my roommates that I would move out by January so that their cousin can move in or something like that. So I had to move. So I'm like, you know what? Shout out my boy. Um, maybe I shouldn't say his name, but he was the president at the time. He like let me pledge. I pledged. I didn't fit in with anybody there, but I kept going because it was kind of like, what am I supposed to do? I'm like a sophomore, a second semester sophomore, and I'm pledging. All these kids are freshmen. like, And I already pledged once to this other fraternity that I really didn't like. I was just trying to be someone who I wasn't in college. That's I almost lost myself big time in college. Easily I could have lost myself, but luckily here's what happened. Pledge this fraternity, yada, yada, yada. Uh, not really liking it, but I can't quit again. I can't quit on a second. Everybody knew I pledged that first fraternity and quit. Not going to quit on a second one. So even though didn't like it, just pledged and made it through. And I was going to and I was gonna move in to the fraternity house. Well, after I'm done pledging, summer's coming around. And my friend Jimmy, shout out Jimmy, man, you changed my life. He goes, hey, Scott, I know you love L.A. and everything. So, um, yeah, my mom's paying for a studio apartment in Koreatown if you want to come live with us this summer. And I'm getting chills right now thinking about that. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I've been looking at L.A. my entire life. I've been there one time, very, very short time. I loved L.A. I wanted nothing to do. The whole goal was me getting to L.A. I remember there was a time where I almost dropped out freshman year. I was I dropped out. Basically, I was driving back home 4 a.m. and I turned around and ended up going to school another year because I wanted to move to L.A. so bad. I wanted to become move to L.A. and become a filmmaker or just a YouTuber or something. And so much so that I was going to drop out, packed all my stuff up uh, beginning of second semester freshman year, drove home. First exit pass, second exit pass, fourth exit pass, boom, turned around. Tr- crazy how those decisions have massively affected where I am today. Where was I? Okay, so I pledged this fraternity. Jimmy says, you want to come? Fuck yeah, I want to come. Yes, 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 yes. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what my parents say. Nothing's going to stop me from coming. So he ended up asking five people to come to this. This is a studio apartment in Koreatown. Packed full, no AC, one bed. Best time of my life, guys. Best time of my life. We were in the hood. Like, at we were in this apartment comp uh, building, not a complex, like on the side of this road. Filthy. Trash everywhere. And there's probably about 40, 30 or 40 people who lived on our block. 
they would just live there. They'd live out of their van. They would put up tents. It didn't matter. So um, it was very Hispanic area. It was a very Hispanic area, and we were all white kids, except Jimmy. Jimmy was Asian. So we already stood out. Just to add on to the standing out, <laughs> we rode penny boards everywhere. We rode penny boards and took the metro because we couldn't afford Ubers. So we stood out everywhere. We were getting stared out hard. And I remember we had this market I'd go to um, just to pick things up, a gas station. Not even a gas station, but it was like a gas station with no gas, basically. It was on uh, the block that we lived on. And I remember I was going to get something that night at like 11 p.m. And I look and I'm like, holy shit. There's like seven or eight cop cars. The owner who I'd been seeing every day was outside crying. Um, I'm like, what happened? And it turns out that two people with uh, a gang, like like four people with AK-47s came and robbed the entire place. Uh, man, sketchy times. But the weird thing was I got that job that I told you guys about at La Scala in Beverly Hills as a busser. And I was the only busser who spoke English dominantly. Two, There's five busters, I think, total. Two of them couldn't speak in any in any English, and then three of them were actually from Mexico, so their dominant language is Spanish. So it was it was kind of hard, but I got this. I was living in the slums, but I was working in 90210. It was a weird comparison. I was taking the metro back and forth, which was so cool. Like it, it sucked at the beginning, but those days were cr- so amazing, guys. It, LA doesn't even feel the same as those times. Those were. Unbelievable. I'm getting so many chills thinking about this right now. Oh my God. I need to get back to LA. Something there's something big waiting for me in LA. I know it. I just know it. And I was on the bris I was on the brink of it. And then this virus hit, but all for it all happened in good taste. So anyway, I'm I'm working out there. I'm bussing. And a lot of people ask me, like, why didn't you become a server? Because I recognize that. There weren't too many 40, 50-year-old ser- uh, bussers, but there were a lot of 30, 40, 50-year-old servers because as a busser, you make just enough, but not enough to be comfortable. As a server, you can easily get comfortable, and that's going to be key for um, when I come back to L.A. here in a second. Damn, I'm really going through my life story here. Okay, I might need to change the name of this podcast then. <laughs> so, um, unbelievable time. We bought like eight fans, so there's always air circulating. Uh, they, I remember it was like 108 degrees, and man, I'll tell you what. I wish I could go back to those times. I really do, even though we're skateboarding in metro all the time. Best time. So what ended up happening was we got evicted a couple weeks early because we were streaming illegal movies which was so strange and then they also said airbnb is not allowed and we were also putting our trash in the wrong place for weeks which we which would make sense why they wanted to get kicked out we were just terrible but we didn't mean to be terrible so we got the news and luckily my friend Aaron was in town and he's like yeah bro it's okay you can stay with me at this uh you can come stay with me at uh uh oh what was it i think it was like pike or something at usc so I go to USC with all my stuff and I ended up living at USC for like, man, four or five days, I think. Four or five days. <laughs> That's crazy. And then um, <laughs> my friend Aaron, he like stole his mom's credit card and his his parents are not wealthy at all. This is why it's so bad to say, but I could tell you, I, I should make a whole podcast on stories about this kid. And anybody who's from St. Louis who knows him knows exactly what I'm talking about and has 
endless stories about him. So he's like, yeah, bro, let's just sneak down to San Diego, man. Let's get it. You know, I got my mom's credit card. We're staying at uh, we're staying at the Catamaran, which was like $1,200 a night. I'm like, fuck, okay. So he, he did that. He booked that. <laughs> I know I'm missing a lot of details here. I will say one detail I'm missing out is I knew that I was going to come back to L.A. At this point, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to drop out uh, and come back here. Since I was so exposed, guys, I Jay Leno would just walk in. Jay Leno, hey, what's up? What's going on, man? Oh, I'm here to get a um, takeout. I'm like you're Jay Leno, like Lamborghinis left and right, Ferraris left and right, McLarens. I didn't even know what a McLaren was until I went there. And I'm like, I gotta get there. So, you know, we go down to San Diego. This kid, oh my god, dude, he's like, he's like getting like. The gray goose, like the big bottles, and it's like we like we just had a great time. Um, I think we had some fakes that we got. Yeah, we got both our. I got my. I had a fake at the time, and I got my fake stolen because his. Oh my god, he got he got this uh, one fake. It wasn't. It, it was a fake of someone that wasn't even him. It was a bad fake of someone that wasn't even him, and he said he would pay this guy fifty bucks to let him borrow it, and he got it taken. And then he goes back home and he's like, bro, I'm not going to give you 50 bucks. The shit didn't even work. I'm like, oh my God. But I'm going to make, if it, drop, a, <laughs> drop, a, uh, drop a comment right now if you guys are on YouTube. If you want to know more errant stories. Because I could tell you, and this kid, most unbelievable kid I've ever met in my life. But you know, we go back there and then I go back home. Oh my God, I forgot about this part. Oh my God, Okay. So I go back home and I remember I met this girl on Tinder a couple weeks before that. And I basically said straight out, hey, do you, wait, no, no, no. She offered it because she had a two bedroom. She was sharing with this one girl, but had four beds. Uh, she was sharing with this other girl and this other girl. So I had an empty bed. And I remember she was like, well, your flight's not in a week and a half. Do you want to come stay with me? Fuck yeah, I want to come stay with you for sure. So I just got free room and board and I'll never forget this. Um, <laughs> I was, I slept on the couch one night and then she, like the, the girl I was talking to on Tinder, like went off to work and then her roommate who actually lived there and went to USC, she didn't, she was from the East coast, but her roommate came out and saw me on the couch and she's like, why are you sleeping on the couch? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just like staying here for like a week and a half until I get my flight. And she's like, how about you come stay in my room? <laughs> Like, okay, so got, I got a free bed in there, you know, like girl from Tinder was cool with it, you know, because of what I'm not, I'm not about to, you know, stay in the state. It, it was tiny beds, you know, so I got this whole twin to myself and, uh, yeah, I just chilled there for a week and a half. And then I went back home to St. Louis school, school starts. And what was weird about that is I go back to St. Louis and I remember the first night I get back, I'm so pumped. I'm back from LA. I'm like, dude, I'm going to my friends. I'm like, you have no idea how cool it is out there. Tell them all these stories. And I'm like, man. And I like, I heard this one song playing out there. Uh, the song by Lil Uzi Vert. Have you heard of him? They're like, no, nah, no. Nah. I'm like, man, trust me. Listen to this album. He is going to be so big one day. He is making, I've never heard a sound like this in my whole life. This guy's amazing. You got to listen to Lil Uzi Vert. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Check him out. I remember that. Okay. So back to the story i get back home i 
get all my stuff. I'm supposed to move into the frat house, get all my stuff, bring it in, move in. I'm hype. I'm kind of hyped, you know, cool. Spent a whole semester getting here. And I'm like, something doesn't feel right. I, I, I remember I, I walked around with this one kid, Shiroz. Shout out Shiroz. That guy's awesome. He was one of my favorite people I met at Mizzou. Um, and I talked to him. I'm like, man, something does not feel right about me being back here. Like, I don't think I'm, I was supposed to come back. I really don't think I was supposed to come back. And um, he's like, yeah, what makes you say that? I'm like, dude, I can't even explain it. Like, ever since I came back from L.A., everything's different. Like, I don't know, man. So I went back to the frat house. I remember, I don't even think I stayed the night at the frat house. Yeah, I didn't because I didn't want to stay there. I think I, I went over to this, like, girl's house and stayed with her. And I woke up the next morning. Um, and I went over and I did this photo. I was doing photo shoots at the time under the alias Scott's shots. That was my like big idea. I got in LA Scott's shots. So I was doing model photography and this girl best bestie. Um, I I think that's how you pronounce her name. Sorry, bestie. If you're watching this, we're doing a a photo shoot and (laughs) not going to lie. We're smoking a fatty, smoking a fat blunt uh, while we're doing this photo shoot. And, um, I'm like, man, I really don't think, like, something just doesn't feel right, best. Like, the whole time I'm taking photos, it's so funny, I'm taking photos of her, I'm like, man, I I just don't know if I should be here, if I, like, if I should, like, I don't know, I I just don't know if I should stay. And then she asked me one question that confirmed that I need to drop out right this second, and I wish I could remember what question it was. We are just kind of stoned, you know. I think the question was along the lines of, well, what purpose would you have to staying? And when she asked that, I'm like, I think that was the question. I'm like, I can't think of one. Like, I don't, I'm getting a business degree. Like, I can go into business if I want. What am I staying in college for? What the hell am I doing here? I got to get back to LA. Man, I dropped her off. I called up my mom and I'm like, yeah, so I, I remember this is basically exactly what I said. I go, all right, so don't be mad. Please don't be mad. I'm sorry. I don't know what to explain, but there's us. I'm getting this strong feeling that I need to drop out and I'm dropping out. I'm so sorry for this. I'm so sorry about the inconveniences I'm causing you. I really hope you understand, but I really need to drop out. Like something is strongly telling me right here, right now, right this is the time. And I, if I don't drop out now, I'm never will. And it's, it's going to lead to something bad. I just know it. I can, I, I just know it. Like, please, I'm so sorry. And my parents were very pissed. I'm not going to lie. Very upset with me, but they could, luckily they didn't like, you know, say, well, we're not going to help you move out. They helped me move out and everything. But that was when I really descended into a very dark spot. This is these next four, five, these next six months of my life were the worst, probably the worst time of my entire life, which, yeah, I'd say these were the worst, this was the worst time of my entire life. Um, so I drop out of college, I go back, you know, I move back into the basement, and I really don't want to get into the details of the house I grew up in or the way the house was my entire life, or especially the way it was at this point. The house was had never been the worst, and never even close to as bad as this. This was all-time all time bad right now and i was forced to live there i called up 
my old job in Napoli. They are letting me, they said they'd give me a job. Sick. Okay. I remember I called them up while I was in the office, um, while I was in the office dropping out. And the only, only lead I had to drop out was I knew this guy in real estate in Beverly Hills. That's all. I met him at the restaurant actually. So I remember that's what I wrote on the actual um, thing. Like I have an amazing opportunity and uh, real estate opportunity. So I'm going to go do it. And um, yeah, this is when it got really bad. So I was dating this girl at the time for eight months, I think. Seeing her eight months pretty consistently. She lived in Kansas City. I lived in St. Louis. We both went to Mizzou. Perfect. Um, so I get my old busing job back. Only this time I get two busing jobs. So I start busing, busting. I started busting my ass busing from 9 a.m. till 2 to 3 p.m. And then 4 p.m. till about 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Unless it's a weekend where it would be later. So busing was my entire life. So, you know, I'm driving around this really shitty car that I really do not like. I'm grateful for it. A lot of people, um, they don't have any car. But I was so embarrassed to drive that car around. Um, and that's why I really love cars now. I was just a busser. I'm just busing in, um, <laughs> in two restaurants. It's crazy looking back on it, dude. Um, And... I turned 21, right? So I turned 21. Hell yeah. I go to the girl I'm dating's Kansas City spot. We see Chance the Rapper. She buys me tickets. Awesome. And then um, I come back. I visit her at Mizzou about a week and a half later. No, two weeks later. And guys, I have a very strong intuition. And something did not feel right when I went and visited her. Something really didn't feel right. And I'll never forget this. I had, I got that uh, half, I have half of the fifth of um, Hennessy because that's what I would drink back then, just Hennessy. I'd have the fifth of Hennessy and I go back uh, to there and she, something with her sorority, something with um, a campfire. So we all took this 25 minute bus to this campfire. And I remember I was borderline blacked out i remember one of my last thoughts was damn i'm about to black out completely and then all of a sudden i hear from behind me yeah she's been fucking my friend and that's all it took for me to realize that she's cheating on me isn't she and i'll never forget i was just sitting there i got really quiet and i got off the bus and i go ryan tell me right now is she having did she have sex with the guy I thought she would because I knew they had hooked up before, like before, way before we started dating. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, he like, he like goes blank and he goes, yes, but don't be mad. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like I got off the bus. I turned, I let everyone off. I went right back on and I was so fucked up guys. I was like screaming at her. Obviously I didn't physically harm her. I would never, ever, ever do something like that. But I basically yelled at her. For the 25 minutes on the bus ride home, we had like probably seven or eight people on the bus just staring at us the whole time. Like, you fucked my frat brother. You fucked my frat brother and all this stuff. And I started yelling at her. That was the only time I think I've ever really yelled at a, at a girl before. I was just so pissed. So pissed. So, damn, I'm getting personal on this one. So we go back. Now I'm yelling at her the whole time. I'm yelling at her. She's like, uh, 
I'm not letting you up until you talk with me. And then some guy opens the door. I'm like, thanks, G. I walk back up. She's, so we're screaming at each other while I'm packing up all my things. And then um, she tries to stop me from leaving. And at this point, her entire floor was out just staring at us, screaming at each other. And, you know, can in my mind, in my self-conscious mind, whatever tr- fucked up mind, I was just trying to make sure everybody knew what she did. I just kept screaming in front of everybody. You fucked my frat brother. You fucked my frat brother. Um, and then I basically went over to my boy Jimmy's, went out with him, had an insane night. Oh, man, I had some... I have a hilarious story that I could tell about that night that I'm not going to just because it's a little too personal. But man, did we have fun that night? Um, at the college I was going to it was Thursday night and someone had the bright idea of having every Thursday be triple well, 75% night, which means you're getting three shots for 75 cents. All right. So that's where it all started. <laughs> and it almost, yeah. Okay, so anyway, I go back home. Now, guys, I am beyond low. I am beyond the low of the low. The girl I've been seeing was literally having sex with my fraternity brother without me knowing. Um, I'm busing in two restaurants. I'm 21 years old. I'm just a fucking dropout busser driving a shitty-ass 1998 Honda Civic. Beyond low. And... um. Yeah, I just grinded it out. Here comes the winter. So now it's like getting cold out. I'm miserable every day. I don't know what I'm going to do. So around Christmas time, I realize I'm not going to be a realtor. Not at all. I don't know what I'm going to do, guys. Like I have, like I, I was saving up to move to LA, but I remember I need to buy things. Like I need a new laptop and all this stuff. I actually did need that stuff. So at this point, it's December. I've saved up like a thousand bucks. And I'm like, I don't, I'm so lost. I'm beyond lost. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no money. I have two jobs that are leading nowhere. I'm, I lost, I mean, that girl just fucking crushed me. That I, It took a long time to get over that because nothing like that had ever really happened to me. And now, to this day, it still influences me. I think I, think I have um, unfounded suspicions about any girls I'm seeing. I can definitely see h- how it's affected me today. I mean, that's chicken shit now. I mean, I'm pretty much beyond it. But anyway, December comes around. January is when I've officially decided I'm not going to be a realtor. And now I am completely lost. Hate where I live. Hate the car I drive. Hate the job I have. Hate the girl that I'm still... Like, I was still seeing her kind of, like, very few. And then anytime we did, we just yell at each other, basically. Hate the girl I'm with. Overall, I hate my life hate my fucking life at this point. I hated my life so much. And then all of a sudden, this guy I'm following, his name is Ty Lopez, releases something that I've never heard of before. Social media marketing. Start your social media marketing agency today. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Something told me, something tells me I can be really good at this. Something tells me I can be extremely good at this. In fact, something tells me that this is what I'm meant to do. And so I remember I'm like, I went up to my mom and I was like, hey, you know, like, since I dropped out of college, I'm saving you a lot of money because thank God, shout out to my mom. She was paying for it up front, but then I'd have to like um, pay her back eventually. Well, my parents were, I mean, and again, 
I was just like, you know, I'm saving you all this money. You spent a good amount on everyone else uh, in terms of education. So I was wondering if it would be possible. Like, I, re I really think I can be good at this. Like, I really have a strong feeling about this. I was just wondering if you could split the cost with me. It's $997. I'll pay $500. You pay $500. And I really think. And then I'll pay you back eventually. I just really think. And she goes, no way. Like, that's a scam. We got in this massive argument, guys. That's a scam. Uh, you will never be successful in that. You're just falling for these stupid schemes. Um, what you should do is just go back to school. I'll never forget that. That was the last thing. And then, you know, guys, I am low. I am so, I guess you would say depressed. I was so depressed at this. I just, like, slung my shoulders. I went back in my room, and I had $1,800 in my, in my account at this time because this was after Christmas and stuff. And I'm like, fuck it bought it for a thousand dollars so here's a good point even back then i recognize i can't i would be setting myself up for failure if i bootleg this course which is why like i don't really care when people bootleg their course my course um simply because one i can't do anything about it but two anyone who buys into that crap is going on such a shaky foundation and there's so many things you miss out on because you chose to go that way that it almost never works out so even when it was over half of what I owned, half of the value to my name, I still spent that money all to myself with nobody believing in me except myself. So the next couple months, really rough. All I'm doing is work. When I'm not busting, guys, I'm in Panera working my ass off. Like I never have working on the social media marketing agency. I built websites on websites, Facebook pages on Facebook pages, scripts on scripts, working my fucking ass off to make something happen for myself, to finally make something happen for myself. Finally, after so long of just being that sideline kid that nobody believed in, I'm finally going to do something, and I'm about to prove everybody wrong right now. And then I got this surge of energy. So, you know, what was, what was very strange about the whole thing was I remember – I finally built everything and I go to my first client, lay it down on him. I'm like, tell him who I am. Tell him what I offer. He wants to set up a meeting. He sets up a meeting. Um, he basically says he wants to hire me. But guys, something deep down in my intuition says, don't do it. What? Like you just worked all this time. You put all this energy and money. Don't do it. But what do you mean, brain? It's like, like this is he's going to pay me a thousand. Don't do it. So I half-assed it. I didn't really follow up with them. I let it go. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's because I should really, like I love real estate because of the house I grew up in and whatever. And so again, you, 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 when you guys follow this podcast, you can start to make connections. Like I like really nice houses because I didn't grow up in the best one. I like really nice cars because I did not grow up in, I did not drive the best one. And to say I didn't, to say it wasn't the best one is a very understatement. <laughs> like, yeah, anyway. I'm going to make something happen to myself. But for some reason, that wasn't the right. So then I rebranded it as real estate, put another couple weeks of work in. Uh, and then I started getting realtors interested. My heart wasn't in it. And I'm like, you know, it kind of feels like I'm working for someone. And I don't want anybody telling me what to do. So why don't I try this drop shipping thing? Chris Records on here talking about a 30-day challenge. Why don't I try this drop shipping thing? So I just watched a video on how to set up a Shopify store. And I think how to... <clears throat> And Facebook ads. I watched those two videos on his free group. And then from there, I just started teaching myself. And very critical point. 
that happened around this time when I shifted to drop shipping. Very critical. I moved out of my house finally. I moved out of my house. Shout out Jesse. My friend, my brother's friend, Jesse, whom I am also friends with, of course, but that's how I uh, knew him. He built a house. Uh, he's, he's about five years older than me. And so he had the money. He built this house, beautiful house, gorgeous, brand new house. Uh, so originally I was supposed to move in there that October, but it got pushed back six months. That's why I was getting so down on myself because I'm like, I should be in this house now. I, this house should be here. He just kept getting pushed out. But April comes around. And uh, April is when I moved into this house. I'm finally free from the thing that held me back mentally uh, the most. And then that's when I that's when I took off, guys. That's when I really took off working harder than ever, working harder. Like I'm finally in an environment where that is, is like before I had to go to Panera to work, before I had to go to the library to work. Now I can actually work in my house and be comfortable. So now – I'm like, why would I not just go to drop shipping when it seems to be like automated income and I don't have to work for anybody? Like I'm making my own brands. Like it's, I don't want to have to convince someone that this is the way we should market it when they might have resistance towards it. Um, hold on. Since this is my first time, I'm just going to get up real quick and make sure it's still recording. Yeah, that would suck if that wasn't recording the whole time because I think this one's going to be a good one, guys. Um, so I finally got this new house, right? Actually, one quick second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this. I'm just going to stop this recording and start another one because I believe there is a limit on this camera and I don't want to push it. One second, guys. All righty. Now we're back at it. Sorry about that. So I get into this house, guys. Now I'm working my ass off. I build uh, my first drop shipping store was a watch store. I put eight hours into it and it failed. Um, and I didn't even launch it because I knew I knew I was walking into failure. My next store was a women's uh, bikini store. Put hours into it, built it all up. Didn't even launch it. I knew it was bullshit. And then one day I'm with my friends freestyling, and all of a sudden, this thing pops into my head. One product drop shipping, boom. I don't know what it was. My my whole body, I'm still getting goosebumps, started shaking, started trembling. I remember my head felt like it was on fire. Felt like my everything started getting super warm. I'm like, holy shit, this is a there's so much power in that thought. I'm like, I gotta write this down so I don't forget. So I wrote it down. Uh next morning I wake up, I go on Google, one product drop shipping, no results except one uh Shopify forum post from like two years ago. I go on YouTube, one product drop shipping. Damn, my, my hand's really actually shaking right now, like uncontrollably. Um, no results. And I'm like, I finally found my foot in the door of this drop shipping game because I like doing things different. If you guys haven't um, realized that from this podcast so far, I like doing things different. I'm like, what if I just read, actually, I just read the book, Dot Com Secrets. It's still right there. Um, I read that book. And it talked about funneling. It took, talked about a bunch of stuff. Oh, and I should probably mention, I did move out of my parents' house, I think in February, into my grandma's house. Shout out my grandma. Uh, she let me stay there for a month before moving into Jesse's. Um, yeah, so I finally found it. I launched a website called One Deal at a Time, anti-gravity case. It took off, but I was scaling PPE. I kept scaling PPE. I, I didn't, I thought I knew it. I was like, I thought it was hot shit. I'm making money online. 
I'm PPEs working. I'm scaling PPE. Well, I was ignorant to learn Facebook ads in a very uh, nice and in a, in a, like a great way. <sighs> okay. So I launch it and I quit. <laughs> I quit because I started losing money. I'm like, oh, I'm about to move to LA to be an Uber driver. Um, I'm just going to hold off on this, whatever, whatever. So I moved to LA with my friend Aaron. I become an Uber driver, buy a car. Um, I started Uber driving. And while I'm Uber driving, something keeps hitting my head, guys. Don't give up on that one product store. Don't give up on that one product drop shipping idea. I kept getting these thoughts constantly. Don't give up, Scott. Don't give up, Scott. That's constantly. <laughs> so October 11th, 2018, right? Yeah. No. 17. October 11th, 2017. I'm like, all right, I'll go ahead and launch it. But on Shopify, if you pause a store for more than a month, it automatically deletes it. My store had been paused for two and a half months. It didn't delete it. <laughs> it didn't delete it, man. I launched the same product, the same Facebook ad, same store, didn't touch anything. All I did was go on Facebook groups and ask questions about Facebook ads or uh, find my questions on YouTube. And I self-taught myself there. So... Three weeks later, I'm like, I remember a week and a half into it, I my Airbnb host, Dara, who I'm still friends with today. We, we were hanging out a ton in LA. Shout out Dara. I'll never forget what she said after the first week. I'm like, Dara, look at this. Like, I'm like, drop, it's, it's called drop shipping uh, on Shopify. And look at this. Like, I'm, I don't even own this case, but look how much money I made this week. And she goes, $364. I'm like, yeah. Like, I really, and I'm doing this in a new way. I really think there's something to this new way. I really do. And she's like, wow, yeah, that's amazing. And then you know what she said, guys? She goes, it's pretty amazing how I'm seeing this happen right now. Like this is this could lead to something huge. And I'm like seeing this all happen right as it right at the beginning. And I'm because she's we've been friends ever since then. She's seen me go from that, that Uber kid to where I am today. At, <laughs> And um, so we, we actually had a disagreement about the rent. I'm not, there's no reason to get into the details, but disagreement, oh well, Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas is coming up. So November 9th, I start my drive back to St. Louis and I'm like, yeah, I'll probably just be an Uber driver back in St. Louis. I can easily just transfer my plates and stuff. On the drive back to St. Louis, I, start, I, I was getting like 10 orders a day, okay? I get to Vegas. Um, I saw the girl I was seeing at the time, London. I was seeing her, so... Stay, stayed in Vegas that night. I wake up to um, 18 orders. Okay. This is pretty good. I drive to Colorado, get to Colorado. What the fuck? 30 orders. Whoa. I'm like tweaking my ads. Not even knowing what, really what I'm doing. This is my first time I'm scaling anything. So if you guys could see my ads manager that, back then, it was crazy. But I'm like, fuck. Tweaking my ads. All right. Um... I don't know why I just said that. On the drive back, I get to back back to St. Louis. I move back into Jesse's. Maybe I don't need to even get a job. Like maybe I can actually do this drop shipping full time. And the rest is history. Um, 
uh, six months later, I moved back in April just for April. I live right by the beach. I live my dream. Was making 30000 that month. Tried to get in contact with Ty Lopez since technically his program didn't teach me dropshipping, but taught me the beginning of social media marketing. And he had this six-figure club called the 300 Club. And, you know, he I got rejected the first time, but then that month I had that $30,000 month. I got approved the next month. So then that's when my life just took off out of nowhere. I came back to St. Louis Moved in with my grandma um, just because I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. So I lived with her for three months. In those three months living with my grandma, Ty Lopez hits me up, wants me to come over, fly me out, um, come to this 300 dinner, which would end up changing my life. And then Oberlo hits me up saying, hey, Scott, we found your store on our list of um, our on our top list of top stores. Very interesting concept. We'd love to write an article about you. They write an article about me. Ends up being their most clicked article in history, non-promotional since they didn't put, run ads to it. Most clicked article in history. And that article validated my story and changed my life incredibly until they invited me out to their headquarters in Berlin that October. And now that we made a video together, you can look it up right now, their top most watched video, non-promotional video that they have. So the rest is history guys. Um, you know, I moved into, I moved into that uh, my dream apartment. I started dating my dream girl, that same girl that I I was hung up on in sophomore year of college, um, when she just got done dating someone for six years and couldn't we couldn't make things work. We ended up making things work then, but then things didn't work out for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, and then after we broke up, it's like I just that's when I started launching a bunch of different businesses between you know, the stores, the course, the YouTube, all this, I was making an incredible amount of money that I had never seen before. So it's like, fuck, you know, whatever. I'll go buy an I-8 in cash right now. You know, I'll, I'll upgrade my apartment to the two-bedroom corner, even though I'd, I don't even have a roommate. That's my life. And I guess, and here I am now, you know, obviously I moved to LA, came back, you know, no, you guys can, most of you probably know the details of that since you follow me on my my main channel. Um, but my point about this whole story is if I would have listened to everybody who hadn't done what I was trying to do, doesn't matter who it was, I didn't ask anybody who was successful in, in dropshipping or digital marketing uh, any tips. I didn't ask um, if it was possible. So that's why I had that doubt initially. I, you know, I had like... I. It's hard to say. I didn't have doubt. I knew it was going to work for some reason. Like I just knew for a fact it was going to work without a doubt. But it was the people I brought it up to that started trying to give me doubt. But I was listening to people who had never done whatever it is I'm trying to do. If I could go back, I would tell myself, fuck everybody in St. Louis. No one's done what you're trying to do in St. Louis. Ask people in LA. Ask people. And that's that's what I'm really thankful for getting on YouTube and being exposed by Oberlo and Ty Lopez because that's what magnetically attracted so many people who do what I do on uh, even a larger scale. So that's the one thing. Don't listen to people who have never done whatever it is you're trying to do. You're just not going to do it like them. I mean, you're going to end up not doing it just like them. Furthermore, if you want something, you can just go and get it. Don't rely on anybody else. Because if I would have just waited for someone to give me a handout, I would have never done what, what it is I'm trying to do. And you can see throughout my story here, I didn't get into the deep details. This is, And I definitely didn't mean to even make this type of podcast. But 
um, you can see in my story, a lot of it came from just believing in myself, no matter what people were saying. Didn't matter. I knew exactly what I was doing and I knew exactly what I was going for. And nobody, and nobody that was talking to me actually led a life that I wanted. I'll never take advice from people less successful than me. And then two, yeah, I mean, that was the main point. If you want something, just go and get it. If, um, if you want something and you're not actively trying for it, don't expect it to come because it will never come. It'll, it'll never come. It's crazy. A lot of people out there think life is unfair because they didn't get their dream or something. When how much work did you put into the dream? I don't know. Yeah, guys. Uh, damn, an hour and a half. Solo podcast, an hour and a half. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope I didn't run on too much. I uh, When I started this, I definitely didn't expect it to go this direction, but fuck it. Now you guys know a little bit more about me. So yeah, if you could, uh, if you made it to the end here, drop that like. Come on, let's hit that like. Let me know what you think about this in the comments, because this is a this is a long podcast. This could be setting the tone for the rest of this channel. Easily. <sighs> wow. Wow. Yeah, but just to be clear, there's a lot of things I left out um, in that story. A lot of things, but some things I guess should be left out. You know. But anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, this was the first solo simplified podcast out with many more to come. I'm getting on a pretty good schedule with content creation. I'm not going to be fucking around anymore. So be on the lookout for me. All right. Peace out.